Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Odyssey Sports presents Big Time Baseball. Back at it again with another episode of Big Time Baseball. This, of course, is an Odyssey original hosted by myself and my partner, John Heyman. Uh, it's been tough to try to get on the same page. John's all the way out on the East Coast. I'm on the West Coast. I cover the Padres every day. So we have found some time on this Friday morning for me, Friday afternoon for John, uh, to get this episode in. Uh, John, a lot going on, man. First, how are you? Welcome. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, it's fine. It's good to finally get together there for a week. I would see you almost every other day, but uh, now it's good to finally get together. I'm back in uh, Florida, ready to get to that WBC in a day or two, and uh, it's uh, it's certainly getting interesting. Yeah, no, a lot of good things going on with the WBC. We are of, of the four quarterfinal matchups. Half of those are finished. Cuba is in one semifinal. Japan, who has not lost a game yet at all is in the other semifinal. The third quarterfinal matchup is tonight, uh, Mexico and Puerto Rico. And we'll have the second quarter or excuse me, the fourth quarterfinal game on Saturday, USA, Venezuela. Let's start with the positives of this WBC, John, because um, I think many people outside of the game had forgotten how exciting this world baseball classic could be. Of course, we had one wiped out because of COVID, uh, and so it's been what I think 2017 was the last yes. uh, WBC. So we're six years removed from the last one. And I think everybody's being reminded of how intense and how fun these games actually are. Yeah. As you can see behind me, if you're watching, uh, some of you might be, uh, I'm in Miami. It has been a thrill in Miami. It's been amazing for the, those of us who go to Lone Depot Park a lot and see 
basically almost no fans there. Now we are seeing almost a full house. 28,000 has been the average attendance. Wow. The fans that are there are just chanting and dancing and excited and uh, great matchups. Uh, that pool was incredible. And obviously there were three great teams in it. And uh, we had to say goodbye to Dominican, which is one of the best teams. But uh, certainly uh, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, two of the best uh, moving on and in very, very exciting fashion. Uh, I mean, those lineups uh, those three lineups were almost all-star lineups, much like the U.S. lineup. And uh, we saw some of the best in the world play and uh, really, really great competition down here. It's it's the amazing thing about the game in, of baseball itself. Unlike football, unlike basketball, anybody can be beat on any given day. And that goes true for those games. But generally speaking, if you got the best players in basketball and football, you're winning those games. Right. Dominican, I think, I think by all accounts, had the best roster up and down. And as you mentioned, because of the group that they were paired in with Venezuela, with Puerto Rico, they end up the ones going home. And I, I know for, for, for folks in San Diego, they're quite happy about that because three guys will three of their major guys will be coming back early. Yeah. But that is the beautiful, beautiful thing about the game of baseball is that anybody can be beat in, that, in those nine innings. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I'm with you. Dominican on paper looks like, you know, one of the three top teams and they're gone. Uh, didn't even make the final eight. But Puerto Rico and Venezuela are obviously excellent teams as well. They yeah. were in a tough yeah. bracket. I think MLB did it for the excitement of the bracket, and possibly logistically, geographically. It kind of fit. You know, maybe they 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 could add two uh host cities that were in this area, Miami, maybe, and then maybe in the DR or somewhere yeah. else, or Mexico, something like that to spread it out a little bit more. I did hear complaints that Japan had an easy road. I mean, you know, Japan is clearly one of the best teams and their pitching staff is just a killer. I mean, when you've got Yamamoto pitching three and I, and I don't blame them for setting up this way with, with Darvish and Otani is one, two and one, uh, you know, I mean, their, their pitching is just better than everybody else's. And they're, they're probably the favorite. I, I thought that going in. They've won it in the past uh, a couple of times. And, uh, you know, I, I do hear complaints that their road was easier. Maybe it was. But uh, someone's, you know, someone's got a chance to beat them now. Now that they're going to be in the final four, uh, they're going to be facing good teams. And if they're the best, they'll, they'll end up winning. But it, it was a tough road for uh, – Puerto Rico and for uh, certainly uh, for Venezuela, Venezuela and yeah. certainly for the Dominican. And uh, yeah, no, I, I, about Dominican. I think it's a tough argument for anybody arguing that Japan didn't have probably the easier road of the of the major yep. teams that were expected to win. That's a tough argument in terms of USA. Uh, they found a way. Uh, they they get through um, the the pool play. They slide into that quarterfinal. Uh, that lineup ultimately will, will be the thing, I think, that ultimately will get them over the hump if they're able to, to win this thing. Um, when you look at the top of that lineup and you got Betts and Trout, and if they're doing their thing, they're going to be tough to beat. You saw Arnado, Goldschmidt, those guys. That lineup is is pretty formidable. They end up uh, getting into the quarterfinal on basically Mike Trout's back. He drives in all three runs. Uh, they win 3-2, and in in, in it was a close game against Columbia. Uh, but they move to the quarterfinals. They'll face that Venezuela team who um, really 
has impressed. And it's it's funny that we kind of overlooked that Venezuela squad because when you when you sit down and you look at that roster, you look at they're the good. lineup, yeah. they're really good players, really good yeah. players. Yeah, I mean, Venezuela's outstanding uh, as well. So this is no gimme for the U.S. Uh, they struggled. I mean, lost to Mexico. Uh, they just won their last game by a run. You're right, Trout. Again, another reminder that he's one of the greatest players of all time. And, yeah, when you start with Betts and Trout, I, I do think the U.S. has the best lineup. But, yeah. you know, understandably, they're not with their very top pitchers who, you know, are in spring training. Many of them are older. And, you know, it's be a risk. If you're 40 years old, you know, it's tough to get over there and, you know, not just stay on your routine with your team and, you know, make sure that your arm is fine. You know, it's very sensitive being a pitcher. Uh yeah. You know, it's very difficult, and you, you certainly don't want to risk any injury at all. So I get that Verlander, Scherzer, Cole, Freed, Cease. I mean, I think our top 12 pitchers or so really were not on that team starters. Anyway, um, I give credit to the guys who did go and representing our country and, you know, give them all the credit in the world. But, uh, you know, the, the, the reality is Japan just has better pitching than we do. and. Uh, that's why I think everybody probably acknowledges, if you're realistic, that they're the favorite. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, we've really highlighted the positives of it. Um, there has been a negative, and yes. uh, it's really every manager's, every organization's nightmare scenario, a guy getting hurt. And in this case, it wasn't even actually playing the game of baseball. He gets Edwin Diaz, ends up tearing his, his patella tendon, uh, in his knee, celebrating the victory, uh, the upset victory by many by many standards uh, of the Dominican, and now the Mets are without a closer for the rest of the season. Yeah, devastating loss for the Mets, no question about it. I mean, obviously they have the the highest payroll ever in a stacked team, three hundred sixty four million dollar payroll now, three hundred forty four million without Diaz. Um, you know, I mean, Steve Cohn gets to save the money, $20 million, He doesn't care. I mean, I was texting with him and telling him that there's WBC insurance. I mean, he really had no interest in the money. He, wants to get with, <laughs> he doesn't need I'm it. Sure. $20 million <laughs> is nothing uh, to him, uh, not to you and, you and me, but to him it's nothing. And, um, you know, they're all very upset with the Mets. You know, they're not going to come out and blast the WBC or anything like that. It's a freak injury. Could happen anywhere. Of course, there's really not celebrations in spring game, unless you're the Marlins, of course. They they celebrate their victories in spring training. They win so infrequently. But nobody else is celebrating in spring training. I mean, that's a fluke injury. We've seen it before. Kendrick right. Morales got that's hurt. Right. And, and there were other guys who have gotten hurt. Uh, it's very rare that that would happen. Obviously, these are great athletes in great shape. And you don't think that jumping up and down is going to injure somebody, but uh, it did in this case. I don't think anyone should look at it as a knock on the WBC. Um, you know, it could happen anywhere, anytime. We saw Gavin Lux go out with the Dodgers playing in a spring game. You know, so far we've had that one injury. Obviously, it's a bad one with the Mets, and uh, it, it's a very big loss for the Mets. Very unfortunate. Um, you know, they do have David Robertson. It's hard to pick up a great closer now in terms of trade. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's uh, it means that we should start arguing to get rid of the WBC because, uh, you know, injuries occur and they sometimes occur in freak accidents.
Yeah, I think it's I personally think it's a lazy argument to to argue that they shouldn't be playing the WBC, because as you mentioned, we just I watched Gavin Lux go down against the Padres running the bases in a meaningless game. Right. It's spring training. All right. these games are technically meaningless, un, uh, uh, with the exception of trying to get yourself ready for the regular season. Edwin Diaz was still doing that. He was just doing it in games that actually felt like they mattered. Uh, at least they certainly mattered to the countries that were in it. So um, it, it, it is. It's a free freak accident for Edwin Diaz. My question for you, and, and it, it kind of it sucks that in the business this is where we end up going, but is there options out there for the Mets to maybe add a closer, bring somebody in and, and, and to fill that spot? Yeah, I mean, the one – Obvious name, and I know it's obvious because even people on my desk were texting me about it. How about his brother? <laughs> you know, uh, Alexis, who is with the Reds. They're not going to win this year. Uh, he's a relief pitcher on the Reds. And, you know, it's his brother, and, you know, he's very good. But, you know, he's got five years to go. If he was a free agent after the year, I could see the Reds trading him. With five years to go, I can't imagine that the Reds would trade him without wanting, you know, absolutely one of the best prospects that the Mets have. And you really just can't give up a Brett Beatty or a Francisco Alvarez for not for a closer reliever. Not yeah. for a reliever. And he's not, you know, he would be a, he could be their closer, but he, he was not last year. But uh right. you know he's obviously very talented. He averaged 12 strikeouts per nine, not Edwin. Edwin averaged 17 strikeouts per nine. You're not going to replace that. And and for Mets fans, you're you're missing excitement too because uh, I mean his I know you guys in San Diego are, are familiar with great walking songs. The horns. Yeah. Yeah. You had Trevor Hoffman and here, right, the horns for uh, Edwin Diaz. Uh, the Mets do a great job now. I mean, the last couple they of years, they really put an effort into it, uh, into making it entertaining throughout the game. And certainly that was part of it, that narco song, which we all loved. I don't think you can play it for the replacement closer. It's not really going to be the same. Uh, nobody's going to be as automatic as he was. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's definitely a big loss, but they still have a very good – I know it's hard for Mets fans to think about, and I try to tell them what to be thankful about in my column today in the Post, and I don't think anybody was reading it or listening or thinking about that. <laughs> They're all upset, and I, I, I get it. I mean, he, he's one yeah. of the best in the game and one of the most fun and a great guy and just unfortunate – uh, freak accident. Um, you know, I mean, the WBC, these guys take it seriously and they want to win. And there's probably a little more chance for injury, particularly among the pitchers who are going all out than there would be in a regular spring game. And we have not seen that occur, but a very small, great, small extra chance for an injury potentially. But I mean, it is adding terrific excitement throughout the world, not just here, particularly in Japan and in Latin America, and they're up for it. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think this is the death knell or anything close to that for the WBC. Certainly there will be people out there saying that, most of them living in Queens and Brooklyn and Long Island. Uh, but uh, it's just an unfortunate happenstance, and hopefully that's the only one. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. 
loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I thought Francisco Lindor's comments were were very telling in, in how players of his ilk feel about the WBC. I think he said something along the lines, I get it. People, nobody wants to see injuries and people say that we're getting hurt for no reason, but we care about winning this tournament. And, you know, I think that's a sentiment that a lot of guys um, who are participating, they genuinely feel that way about this tournament. Sure. I mean, look at the, look at all the players who are over there playing. Uh, I mean, yeah. the best players in the world, Manny Machado, if you name the best 10 players in the world, more than half of them are there. Trout's there. Machado's there. Soto is there. It's funny how many of these guys are on the Padres. Uh, Bogertz <laughs> was there briefly until the Netherlands got thrown out quickly. Uh, you know, Lindor, obviously, look at that Puerto Rico team. They're exceptional. Baez is there. Alonzo, I mean, yeah. And how about Otani? I mean, Otani's got $500 million on the line, and he's out there pitching, hitting. He was the MVP of that bracket, as he's, you mentioned. He's, it was a he's throwing bracket, a, but he, he's the MVP he's of throwing any a, bracket. He's throwing 102. You can't tell me that he's <laughs> not, uh, not taking it seriously right now. Uh, I mean, the guy's a competitor, right? Whatever you think about Otani, I mean, he loves the game, and he loves to play – hit and pitch and uh it's amazing and he just wants to play i mean there would be a lot of players and a lot of player agents who would discourage him from doing anything and would keep him under you know keep him under wraps for the next six months until he's got that free agent contract of 500 million plus yeah we and I, I get i get up. that thought i get that yeah. thought but this is the essence of sports right when we all started playing this game we wanted, or any game for that matter, we wanted to play because you wanted to measure yourself up against the best. And that's what all of these dudes who are making millions and millions of dollars yeah. are putting that aside to do just that, to put to measure themselves up against the best. And it's been it's been a good great tournament this far. And when you say we, you mean you and the other players, not me. <laughs> I I, didn't, I I I mean I, I can measure fair, myself fair up point. against the mediocre. <laughs> And not hope for the best, but I, I certainly didn't want to measure myself up against the best. But yes, I, I get your point, Tony. Fair you point. You and, and other great baseball players. Yeah. Fair point. Fair point. All right, let's move into some actual major league stuff. Uh, Bryce Harper made has made his appearance in Clearwater, and it sounds like there's rumors that he may be back a little bit earlier than than is expected. Yeah, I mean, they're just saying first half. And, you know, he's a quick healer at the Tommy John surgery. Uh, he's swinging. Um, you know, I, I'm hearing rumors of potentially May. They don't want to put a dead, wow. they don't want to put a date on it yet. We shall see. But, I mean, we're going to talk about a guy who's going to DH, which, I mean, the guy's a good outfielder, but, you know, that's 90% of his value probably is hitting and what he brings to the table. You saw that in the postseason. Uh, that was the perfect guy for them. You know, they debated Machado and Harper, and I get that debate. They're comparable and great players, two of the ten best players in the world. But for that city, the way they're sports crazy, 
to get a guy like that, you know, I think he was hesitant originally because, you know, he was a man member of the Nats and, uh, you know, he had to go to a competitor. And, you know, Philly is not lovely San Diego. I know Trey Turner preferred Philly to San Diego. He's probably the one guy in the world. Uh, but, you know, Harper was a little hesitant at first, but he's the perfect guy because he's into it with he the is. fans and all that. You know, Machado's a great guy, but he's a little cooler. You know, he's not, you know, going to revel with the fans and really get to be a Philly guy. So, I, I mean, I think Philly ended up getting the right guy. I know there are people in the front office who looked at the war and said Machado's the better all-around player, and I get that, but he was the guy for that team, and he gives them an edge. And with that lineup with Turner, who, again, turned down San Diego. I have to keep saying that because I can't believe you turned down San Diego and go to Philadelphia. I like Philadelphia, but it's no San Diego. I mean, they've got that lineup with Schwarber, Turner, Castellanos, if he hits like he can, Harper, Real Mudo. Uh, you know, I mean, it's not the U Team USA lineup, but it's pretty darn good. And uh, they're a real threat. You know, everybody's saying Braves or Mets. Uh, the Phillies were pretty darn good once they changed managers, once Harper came back. And now they've added Turner and Taiwan Walker. Kimbrell, they're a really good team. Tywin Walker, speaking of which, is having a good WBC as well. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. You bring up the point about the personalities, and, and it's it's something where I think players have gotten better or more paid more attention to their personalities, the cities that they're going in. I think when, you, when we look back on that Machado-Harper free agency, I think both guys picked – the city and the right. team that fit their personalities best or that their personalities could at least adapt to best. I think that's, those are two of the perfect examples. You're right. Harper has fit in perfectly in Philly and Manny certainly has fit in perfectly in San Diego. Both of them faced off against each other in NLCS last year. It kind of yep. all came full circle at that point. Obviously, Philly was able yep. to get to a World Series, but it, it, it's, it's a good point. California cool. California cool for Machado. Philly, for no, lack of a better word, fanatic. Not the fanatic, but <laughs> right, fanatic. Right. I think they fit their towns. And, you know, Machado was there for, what has he got another, I don't know, he's got another, how many years to go? years to go. So he's there for a while. Yeah, Harper insisted on not doing the opt-out. I don't know if he regrets it or not. Uh, he could have made himself some more money, but uh, Arenado, I talked to about that. He, he didn't take his opt-out. He had the opt-out. He didn't take it. He said with all that was gone through to get him out of Colorado and get him to St. Louis where he wanted to go, he didn't want to go through it again or put anybody through it. He's got enough money, uh, which, and, you know, he, he doesn't like it. hard to argue that nothing. point. He has enough money, so <laughs> I got it. I got it. But, you know, ultimately, I think it's a good business decision for Machado. He got gets to stay. Obviously, he had to do a negotiation, but. He gets to stay a long time and gets even more money. I, I you know, hope he does good things with it. It's a lot of money. Uh, yeah. It's a lot of money. And, but he, he is one of the 10 best players in the world, so he is deserving. Arenado, same thing. I think they're, they're very comparable to me. The two best defensive players in baseball, I think. Yeah, no. Uh, Manny has been blocked by Arenado for as long as uh, they've been in the same league, so – uh, hopefully for Manny, that changes at some point. Uh, let's end let's end our show today talking about two prospects. Uh, we'll start in New York. Jason Dominguez, a.k.a. The Martian, uh, was just sent down. Hel however, 
he seems to have made a, a pretty big impression in his time uh, up with the big league club. I mean, he was fantastic. Four long home runs, a couple against major leaguers, Brogdon from the Phillies. I mean, bombs. Uh, the guy, you can see why they spent basically their whole uh, international allotment one year, just like the Padres did with Ethan Salas, the catcher. Yeah. That looks like it's going to be a good one, too. He's only 16, of course, but we're I'm already predicting a 10-year all-star for him. Dominguez, incredible power. He is a center fielder. Uh, the Yankees do need a center fielder at the moment with uh, Bader on the shelf, but he is only 20 years old. He struggled in the Arizona Fall League. Appropriately, they sent him down. So he will not be with the team this, at least at the start this year. But, uh, you know, Yankees switch hitting center fielder. Uh, there's a lot to dream on there, especially with that big power. You know, they've had a few good switch hitting center fielders. Good, meaning Mickey Mantle, one of the greatest players ever, and Bernie Williams, uh, one of the best players of his era. So uh, Yankees are very excited about Dominguez, but not yet. They've got to figure out center field somewhere else for the uh, opening day. I suspect it'll be judged, but uh, they've got some other options. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. A couple things. Um, we haven't really seen, outside of Mike Trout, we haven't, we've lost the center fielder that also defends and also slugs and also just is an all-around center fielder. We've seen so many teams now really use that position as as a defensive spot, you know, not necessarily requiring a ton of offense. When when I was in the league, I mean, you had guys like like Mike Cameron. You, you had some of these center fielders that kind of encompassed it all. Dominguez seems to be kind of cut from that cloth. Uh, maybe it's a, a, a resurgence of that type of center fielder coming back into play again. Yeah, I mean, that takes an incredible athlete. And we'll see long-term if he's a center fielder. Right. He certainly – very muscular guy, you know, I mean, Trout's muscular, not quite like Dominguez, but we'll see long-term whether he, he's a corner outfielder or a center fielder. That's, that's a rare breed. I mean, that, that's why Mike yeah. Trout's one of, the, one of the reasons Mike Trout's one of the greatest players ever. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Now you mentioned Ethan Salas. He participated in his first big league game as a 16 year old. It was, it was quite amazing. He only got one at bat. He caught a couple innings, but you could definitely see, why he is regarded as highly as it, especially when you hear, hear him talk with the media. He is so far advanced in how he communicates for 16 years. I can't emphasize that enough. Just think about when you, when we were all were 16 years old, if we had 17 cameras put in our face, how we would react. This dude acts like he's, he's well beyond his, his, his age in terms of that. 
Yeah, well, I mean, it's a baseball family, not to say that it makes it that much easier, but his dad was a, a bonus guy with the Braves. Uh, his yeah. brother, Jose, uh, is a big prospect uh, with the Twins now, traded in the Arise uh, Lopez deal. Uh, but this is a special, special talent in the Padres. Uh, they are good scouts. They know scouting, and yes, they, uh, they believe this guy is a 10-year all-star in the making and they think he's going to be their catcher as a teenager so he's got a he's got this he's not going to be this year probably not next year but as an 18 or 19 year old starting catcher in the major leagues uh that would be something especially with a team like they've got with uh you know a, a 200 whatever it's a 260 million dollar payroll um no. yeah i mean seems very mature uh, said to be great defensively. I saw him take batting practice. Uh, he's knocking balls over the wall back there yeah. in the backfield out in uh, Peoria. So, I mean, this is one of the best prospects in the game at only 16. I, I keep saying that. I can't believe 16 years old and he's that good. Let's end with the, another center fielder out in Los Angeles. Um, right now, they don't technically have or figured out who's going to play center field. But the young kid, Outman, is having a good spring training, is really pressing the issue there. What are you hearing on that front? Yeah, it sounds like he's the favorite to be the Dodgers' center fielder and take over for Bellinger. He's not going to be the defensive player that Bellinger is, but he should hit for a higher average. And, uh, you know, they expect great things. Uh, he did very well throughout the minor leagues. He wasn't maybe at the very top of their prospect list. Of course, they always have tons of great prospects. They do a great job with it. Uh, they brought everybody they bring up seems to perform. Uh, you know, obviously, Will Smith is a, an all star, the catcher. Urias has turned into one of the best pitchers in the game. Uh, they draft well, they develop well, particularly from their draft positions. And uh, Outman looks like a real player, and he's likely going to be their starting center fielder. And we know uh, Vargas is going to be their starting second baseman. That one's already really in, in pen. I, I didn't see anything, you know, he couldn't swing at the beginning because he had a hairline fracture of his finger. I didn't see any of those games, but that's an unusual situation to be up to bat and not be allowed to swing. But he still, he still, yeah, he still, got he, a base, he still right? drew like, he still drew like four walks and 10 well, at bats. <laughs> that doesn't speak well for some of these pitches. I saw Granky <laughs> throwing to him and Granky yeah, was yeah, just yeah. having fun. Uh, he was. Know, I mean, Granky could throw strikes in his sleep, so it was just a gimme for him, but. I think guys get nervous when they know the guy can't swing and they figure they got to they gotta throw it over there. And, uh, you know, the guy's been a hitter at every level and uh, they expect him to be their center fielder. And, uh, you know, they, Trace Thompson was a center fielder for, uh, for his team, his, his team in the Great Britain team. Great Britain, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, – yeah, the U.S. had a good bracket, I think, to get to. Uh, they're lucky they didn't have to play Puerto Rico and uh, – Venezuela and the Dominican, uh, but uh, they're going to they're going to have their hands full now with Venezuela. But uh, uh, you know the Dodgers are an interesting team. I'm surprised they're still the favorite over the Padres. I mean, looking at those teams on paper, I, I don't think they're. I, I can't imagine why the Padres aren't the favorite. They they have signed and acquired a bunch of superstars, and Tatis is going to be back in April, right? So. Uh, that team, to me, that's the team to watch. But uh, L.A., they do a good job with drafting and the, developing, and Outman's going to be good. Remember, the the Dodgers are a favorite because that is what Vegas – people think Vegas are 
Vegas thinks people are going to bet on is the Dodgers. So that's probably why they're the favorite in terms of putting money down. But in terms of roster, I, I agree with you. I don't see how you could yeah. say that you look at the Dodgers rosters up and down. You look at the Padres roster up and down that the Dodgers roster is better. I, I personally can't see that. I don't see it, but, you know, I mean, obviously the Dodgers pitching is in the top two or three every year. And I think people no just assume that will happen again. Uh, Marius, obviously, Gonsolin when he's back, Kershaw, you know, they obviously have a lot of good arms. Uh, they don't really have a set closer yet, so there is a question mark on their pitching staff, but I, I guess that's it. Obviously, you've got Betts and you've got Freeman and Smith, and they, they still have a very good team, but Padres start with four superstars. You know, once Musgrove comes back, their rotation looks, you know, comparable at least. And they have at a least. great closer, at least. Yeah. Right. The rotation's they, comparable. The lineup should be better, I think. And they have a real, you know, they have a set closer. Now, the Dodgers have Phillips and Hudson and guys who can do it. But I don't know. Josh Hader is a big advantage to me. To have, to Josh have Hader, Robert Suarez, 8-9. I don't know that you're going to get much nope. better than Reed. that uh, throughout baseball. So, you guys, listen, be on the lookout for the young kid, James Outman. Uh, who could possibly be the center fielder for the Dodgers. That's going to wrap it up for this week's uh, episode of Big Time Baseball. Make sure you like, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. And also make sure you turn on your auto-download feature to get the get our pods as soon as they drop. For John Heyman, for myself, Tony Gwynn Jr., we'll catch you next week. Have a good one.